This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Hadass Kuznets, and in celebration of Women's History Month, we are talking about women in food. So in the studio, I have Angie Braca with Sate Compart, 1837 East Pashonk Avenue, and Heather Thomason of Primal Supply Meats at 1538 East Pashonk Avenue. We chose... Two women from East Pashonk Avenue because this is a business district that is very women-dominated. So we understand that uh, overall in Philadelphia, the city has about 18.5% women-owned businesses. And on the avenue, there are 40% women-owned businesses. And Heather and Angie are two of them. So first thing I want to ask the two of you, do you notice a difference from other places that you've been in uh, like worked in that this is a you have a lot of female business owner neighbors yes <laughs> yes um, yes uh, I do um, well I I just love being in the neighborhood I mean some of the neighbors that I constantly go to and we always you know uh, come together I mean Heather is one of them every time I have a question I say Heather oh, how do I do this like what do we do um, but we have so many Women-owned businesses on the avenue. Kathy from Lover Two is one whom you know I would text often. And and I remember years ago when I opened a restaurant and I ran out of printing paper. Um, Lover Two came over and said, "Hey, here, this is your welcome to the avenue. Congratulations for your opening. We're giving you paper." Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and that is just one of the most wonderful things that um, a neighborhood like that. So it's it's like it's homey the whole yes, thing, yes. not just the women owned business. What's it like though to go for? You said you go to Heather sometimes for advice. Do you sometimes find it easier to turn to women for advice in business, or does it not matter? I think it's it doesn't matter. It's just that uh, it happens a little bit differently. I think when we have sort of our own sub network of women in the food industry in Philadelphia that all know each other, and when we find ourselves alone, it's like a little bit more of a candid conversation, a little bit more open sharing. I don't think that you necessarily have that kind of access a lot of time to male colleagues in the industry. It's a little bit more formal, or it's just not. Uh, you know, we rarely, I rarely find, I rarely find myself in situations with my male colleagues where there's that level of openness that there are when there's a bunch of female business owners sitting around a table. Or they're including you in the conversation and in their, yeah. in their tips and. Yeah, I don't know if it's do like that. maybe we have our guard down when we're around each other or, or what, but yeah, it's just a, it's a little bit more open and accessible, I think. And Heather, women. as a female butcher, you particularly <laughs> are in a very male-dominated field. The restaurant industry in general is very male-dominated, but butchery is extre- exceptionally male-dominated. Yeah. So what are some of the just difficulties? You mentioned one of them, just you know, accessing the camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that, to be totally honest. I've been, um, I feel like I've been pretty fortunate. A lot of my mentors were males who were incredibly supportive of me. And to this day, I mean, the majority of my colleagues just are men. Um, I happen, you know, there's this, we have sort of our micro group of female business owners within the food industry, but 
Um, I work with a lot of chefs in a wholesale capacity, and a very small percentage of the chefs that I work with are women. Most of them are men. And as far as butchery goes, nationally, I have a couple of female colleagues, but locally and people who I actually have access to on the regular and in my kind of community in the city, there's there's no other women around me. So I don't know. It's like I don't feel isolated so much, but sometimes it's a little lonely. You are forging new ground for other women that might want to be in your field. It's true. My staff now, um, for a long time when I was training, I was always the only female working among men, which, you know, I was never uncomfortable in that situation. It sort of, it worked for me. I don't know if it works for everyone. But now I have close to 20 people on my staff and the majority of my staff is not male. And that's just kind of unintentional. It's not like I sought out to find other women. They kind of found me. So I guess me being here opens a door and sort of just makes that opportunity look available and be available to more women. Diversity begets diversity. For sure. Yeah. What do you think is the most important thing that women need to know about being successful in their industry? Like specifically we're talking about food. Well, I think today especially, I think women have a lot of freedom to do what they want. And I think that is a privilege that we can now enjoy that. So, you know, when it comes to just starting your own businesses, getting a loan uh, and whatever it is, it's not like it used to be. So and, and the more of us come out and do this and be successful in it, I think we're just going to encourage more and more women to come out and do the same thing. And I think we're not afraid of that anymore. I got asked recently about who it was for somebody who was talking to me about women, women in business, women in food, all that, who my mentors were. And I know that they were fishing for me to identify a woman. And and I have female mentors now. As an entrepreneur, I do. But as a butcher, um, I never did. There just, (laughs) there wasn't anybody there for me that was, that I could look at that was like, that person is like me. Well, you Um, really are the trailblazer sometimes because, I mean, you look at the numbers, right? Yeah. You look at the numbers and there's no one there. You got to learn from somebody. Yeah. And I I don't, I think I'm lucky that I wasn't deterred by that. You know, I saw people doing what I wanted to do and I didn't need to see another woman to feel comfortable moving forward. But I know that that a lot of other people don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of other women would like to work for or with a woman or see someone else that shows them that it's possible. Have women come to you and said, Given you that type of feedback, like seeing you do butchery or seeing you run a business, seeing you run a restaurant has inspired me or can you help me or do you have tips for me? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do get that feedback. I get there's a project that I was a part of, a photography project that was uh, called Women's Work, and it spread pretty far. Um, like it, it, internationally, it was getting uh, shared in various publications and I started getting Facebook messages from women that live all over the world. Um, saying that it was really inspiring and motivating for them to see, you know, a woman in my role. So, yeah, that's it was kind of accidental, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and we, and we get a lot of women who apply for jobs with us, which is great. Do you, do you realize, like, oh, they're prob- they probably feel like they'd be comfortable here? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it, that for some people they need comfort and opportunity. Yeah. So we had to be uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you, right. That's what you that's that's really important. You said you have to be uncomfortable. The trailblazer is has to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why women have to be recognized. That's why there's a Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently I've heard a lot of comments, um, women in the kitchen. It's still a minority, but there are more and more female in the kitchen. And it's quite natural because, you know what, all our moms used to cook. 
There's a lot of women in home kitchens. It's just ironic that in restaurant kitchens, there's so few. Well, the difference is one is paid work. Yep. yep. And one that is, is not very paid true. Work. That's very, that's very true. But historically, our moms and our grandmothers cooked and they cooked really, really good food that really feeds the soul. So there are lots of women chefs nowadays who um, have somehow, I've, you know, somehow um, connected with in Philly and it's, it's a big community. But I've heard a lot of stories about challenges being in a very male-dominated kitchen where they would hear comments like, oh, look, there is a woman on the line. And those, I hope they are not said anymore, but it surprised me that it, it was even said at one point in time. But today, I think that has changed a lot. And when a female is running the kitchen, that doesn't happen. And, and that's, that's kind of a nice opportunity, I think, for more examples of that kind of kitchen to exist in, in a very family-oriented way rather than a militant-type kitchen. And, and I think that is so much more comfortable to work in. There are behaviors that the two of you would not tolerate. You're shaking your head. You're like, absolutely not. I don't think I'm even familiar with that. I hear those stories, but I don't even, I have not been in those. I mean, I don't, I've not been in other kitchens other than my own. So I'm kind of fortunate that I've not been exposed to that. But I hear those stories and it surprises me. Heather, have you heard things around you? Because you've worked with a lot of men. Um, I have. I have mostly, uh, my, my experience is working in butcher shops and environments like that rather than restaurants. So, um, I mean, I was pretty Fortunate, I think that I never really um, experienced any negativity from the man that I worked with. I, I trained at a butcher shop, and I was the only female on staff. And I was training, and I went from being like apprentice to butcher. And definitely, I mean, there was a lot of judgment from all the men around me about whether or not you know I could do it as well as them. And I don't know. I think it gave me a leg up because I actually just had to work harder and be a little bit better just to be recognized as the same. Um, which it sucks, but it is what it is. And honestly, it made me better at what I did. Um, like I couldn't just be good enough. I had to be really, really good. So I don't know. I It set a high standard for me and I worked to meet it. But now in my business, being the boss and being in charge of a staff, and we just, I, I think maybe it's kind of feminine, my style of running a business. I encourage really open communication and try to just keep transparent, positive environment. Like we try really hard not to have like negativity. Uh, we really try not to yell at people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, to have things be addressed when they're issues before they become problems. And that is maybe a nurturing and more yeah feminine way to look at running a business. It's less common, but it works for us. And I think we have a lot of mutual respect in our business between, you know, employees, hourly employees to managers to owners, you know, everyone feels like they're welcome and open to talk about what they need. And that's cool. Do people ever get confused? They come to you looking for the butcher? Yeah, that used to happen more than it does now. My face has been around town a bit, so people do know who I am. But, uh, you know, I'm working on a construction project right now. And uh, None of the contractors or vendors listen to me, even though I pay their bills. So <laughs> well, they, they don't realize that you are the boss. No, you know, it's like I walk around. It's like I got to get my contractor or the landlord or somebody to tell the guy who's working on something the same thing that I've said four times for him to do it right or to listen or to show up the next day. And it's like, yeah. That's infuriating. I, yeah, even if I can act bossy, I can, you know, call their boss. You know, I'm the one that writes the check and still it's like I walk around there and they're just like, we don't know who this lady is, but 
Sometimes that happens. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that happens when I've got new employees coming in and they're confused that I am the chef and owner of the restaurant. And when they do something that I wanted to correct, I get a number of comments. Like, so why aren't you yelling at me? Like, wh- why would I? Well, what can I just tell you that I want it done this way? And it's just hysterical that I get asked, like, why aren't you cursing? Why aren't you yelling at me? And I've got I've got those questions a number of times, which I think is kind of funny. So clearly you have a different <laughs> style than they're used to. Yeah, it very, very, very different than quite a number of people I used to. But you're very serious. I've seen you in the kitchen. I am it's- serious. And I think I look stern and I think I do scare some people. But sometimes they're confused as to how I approach things that I, I can <laughs> look so stern and afraid, but I'm not cursing. Do you feel like you need to like act tough or like put on a front to get the job done? No. Yeah, I'm pretty serious. I think you can tell when I mean business. So (laughs) I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if it's a front. I know what you mean though. Like this idea of just like, you know, getting pissed off about something and you're going to yell at people or that's a make very, everybody like, around you scared or intimidated. Right. That's a very like an old school restaurant way of doing Yeah, it's business. like a bully style, you know, it's, it's pretty masculine. It's not my style. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think are the attributes of being a woman running a business? Well, everybody want to talk, wants to talk about the fact that you're a woman running a business. So it's good for press. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> One of the things that I see in common with a lot of my peers, my um, you know my peers running their business, is about community. I think we think a lot about what the community needs, what the people around us needs, and everyone on the avenue, every business on the avenue seems to be focused that way. And one of the things that Heather has started and I have started as well are charity events that really serve the community in Philadelphia. So I started Muhiba Dinners. That's a charity that supports immigrants in this city. And there is one that um, I'm working with. Did I start on. an event? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I do participate did. in you a lot participate. of other things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's been the biggest hurdle, would you say? I mean, I guess recently I've gotten through a lot of hurdles that I guess were more challenging in the beginning. I mean, it's true. I, I wonder often whether some of the challenges I faced are because I'm a woman or because I'm new at something. I mean, when I was trying to find someone to take me as a butcher, I had a really hard time finding an apprenticeship. Part of that probably was because I was a woman and men were looking at me and not seeing the typical candidate in front of them. But part of it was that I just didn't have any experience. And I know what that's like now when people come to you and they want to learn and you're like, I'm trying to run a business. I don't know if I have time to teach you. And like more recently, as I've grown my business, access to capital and even the not even just the actual money, but the connections that help you do that. That has been a challenge that I've slowly worked my way through. And again, how much of that was me being just a new, a shiny, bright-eyed new entrepreneur or being a woman? Probably a little bit of both. But I try hard not to focus too much on the idea that it's, you know, some, that it's because I'm a minority or that that's kind of a challenge or a chip. So hard to say. Yeah, it's hard because you only know your own experiences, right? Yeah. What tips would you give to other women getting into food? Or butchery, restaurant or butchery? Do it. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, really. Like, I mean, you just have to get in and do the work and be patient. Um, That's everything takes longer and more time than you think it's going to. There's no easy way, you know. So, like, getting your foot in the door to learn somewhere, that's all about kind of timing and opportunity. And it just doesn't always happen for different reasons. So, you have to be really persistent for that. 
once you get your foot in the door, it's going to take you a really long time to learn things. And then, yeah, even now running a business, I still, I talk to colleagues and people that I've um, talked to about hiring into higher level management roles sometimes. And they'll say, well, I don't know if I have experience in this specific thing that you're talking about. And I'm like, I don't have experience in anything that I'm doing at this point. <laughs> like, I am like flying forward into uncharted territory and learning as I go and figuring it out and accumulating mistakes and doing a little bit better the next time. But like, that's, you just got to do it. So well, that's historically been a big difference between women and men. Um, there have been studies that have shown that women who apply for jobs might not apply for the job if they are 90% qualified, whereas men might apply for the job if they're 50% qualified and they say, oh, I can do it, you know. Yeah. I don't believe in the fake it till you make it. I think you, but I do think you got to be patient and understanding that it's going to take you some time to learn and level up and keep getting to whatever the next phase is. So, yeah, I think you just have to not be scared and go after it. Be brave. That's that would be great. my advice. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the the one advice that I would have as well is to be brave because I think now we have more opportunities than we've ever had before. And and seriously, I don't think anything is holding us back. I don't think anything should be holding us back except for ourselves just stepping up, stepping forward and and doing it. And I think now that there are so many things that you just have to put your hard work into it. There's nothing that we can't do. It's just a matter of making things work. And I think we I think we're good we are good very good at figuring out how to make things work. I think that's something <laughs> that we are very, very good at. Women as women business owners. As women business owners, yeah. How do women do it differently than men, would you say? I don't know if there's a whole lot of difference. But me personally, because I don't have the strength most of the time to do everything, I strategize on how to get it done in a very different way. So I may get something done, but it would be probably very differently from, say, another male would have gotten something, the same thing done. How would you characterize Philadelphia's women business-owned food scene? It's pretty amazing, actually. I think it's growing all the time. A lot of women are putting effort into building the community. There's a group of women who organize uh, a monthly morning meetup for for women working in food. And they send around all sorts of like emails and, and things in between to kind of support and connect everyone. Do you know what it's called? The one that Marcy's Yeah, the one is. that's at Barbuzzo. Um, it's up. It's upstairs at Barbuzzo. Yeah, back to you. <laughs> we come to, it's like we a secret. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a woman in food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's a lot of effort being put forth by women to just get us all together in the same room and have opportunities to share and do things. And I feel like we invite each other into opportunities quite a bit. Um, whether people are hosting special events or they have opportunities with media or speaking engagements, I find that uh, there's a dedicated effort for women to invite women into other opportunities. So I think the network is growing, and because because of that, we're all kind of getting stronger and doing more. I just want to add, one of the things that I see which is which is really delightful is how diverse the women group is. I love that. I think Philly has a really diverse group of women, and there are more and more Asian women in food business especially. And, and there is a small little group that I, const- I almost talk every day with, um, Kiki from Poi Dog and Judy from Biology um, down in Center City are two of the Asian women who I constantly talk to. And it's it's quite interesting because not only are we women in the industry, but we are women of color as well. And, and there are more and more um, diversity, in I think, in, in this group than probably, I'm not sure, but it could be. I think, I think the women diversity group could be a a pretty significant amount. Do you feel a responsibility to other women? I think that 
if any woman were to approach me for advice, I would, yes, I would definitely, you know, want to like share with them everything that I've learned, all the mistakes I've made, and how do I make certain things work. I think that's why we come together so much to talk about things like that. And it's wonderful to see someone else succeed. I don't, whether it's woman or men, but I think more so women would come to me asking me about, like, how did you get started? And, you know, what gave you the guts to do what you're doing right now? And, and, and that's it's kind of wonderful um, to be able to help someone else. You feel a responsibility? <laughs> Especially not having your own, like, people to go to that look like you. Yeah, I do. For sure. I feel a responsibility to a lot of people and things now. So. <laughs> got to pay your debts. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically women, but yes, I think I am definitely a little bit more, I don't know if protective necessarily is looking to open up those opportunities that I know just didn't always exist, for sure. Final words, words <laughs> of encouragement. How about some words of encouragement for women that are thinking about wanting to be in your position. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said before, just be brave and do it. I think that that encouragement of just, it, it does take some bravery to kind of move forward when you are the only person doing something. So, yeah, if you're going to be the only woman in the room, who cares? Do it anyway if you care. Does harassment or the Me Too movement or does any of that play a part in why it's so difficult? That's hard to say. I haven't really, I don't have like a Me Too story or any thing that's kind of negatively inf- affected my path uh, personally. I mean, there, last year there was a Pulitzer Prize winning article from the New York Times about harassment in the food industry. Yeah. So it's still a big issue. The fact that it's opened up the opportunity for people to be able to speak up and speak out, I think is really important and that's great. But so much conversation happens around it and while some of that is positive, some of it is like just kind of dragging all of that through the mud and and I don't you know, just it's negative, you know, it's it's negative, toxic stuff that's kind of cast a shadow on the industry. And, and what I mean is mainly like I can't get through an interview about being a woman without being asked about that, you know, and it's like. You've had great male mentors. Yes, I'm fortunate. Yeah, I, it's it's a strange thing to have a perspective on, I think, if you haven't been directly affected by it. Yeah, I have not been directly affected by it, too. I think that's the positive thing that me not being affected or I, I haven't experienced that. And the positive thing is I think the people around me, the women around me, are not experiencing it now. So we'll make sure that that doesn't happen as long as uh, as long as long it's right under our eyes. So I think that's yeah, the, good. The opening up of the conversation, I think, does let you be a little bit more protective of everyone around you. It's okay to speak up about it, you know, that knowing that there will be consequences. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's that's how we can look out for the other ladies. It's just not putting up with any bullshit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> for that's real. True. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your Thanks. perspective, and happy Women's History Month. Angie Braca is the owner of Sate Kampar at eighteen thirty seven East Pashank Avenue, and Heather Thomason is owner of Primal Supply Meats at fifteen thirty eight East Pashank Avenue. Also, thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.